Hi, I'm Monica Sancio, Vegan Fit. How are you? All disease begins in the gut. Who said this? Hippocrates. Yes, all disease begins in our gut. What does that mean? Well, many times I've been commenting to you that I'm really fascinated by this topic and some people really know it by heart and they work on it like Dr. Zach Bush. You can go to his website. In fact, I heard him speaking to Kathy Smith, one of my great mentors in fitness who has an amazing podcast called The Art of Living. And I really recommend that interview in particular. It's just amazing. And uh, I have so much to recommend to you. I have a bunch of windows open and let me just be as brief as possible at the same time that I give you the gist of it. And the most important thing that you have to know is that there is a huge connection between what happens in our gut and what really happens in our mood and also in our health in general. So I'm gonna start with thefoodrevolution.org in the blog post called Why Gut Health is Important for Your Body and Your Mind. And then we're gonna go through some other material that I found that is super scientific like the conclusions on some studies and everything points to being vegan. So if you're listening to this on a Monday motivation on the Meatless Monday, fantastic because this all supports that our health is determined by our vegan nutrition for the most part. So plant-based is a way to go. And that's gonna be something that obviously you're gonna decide when and how to get to it. But yeah, we're going there and it's important for you to realize why. So first and foremost, why gut health is important for your body and your mind. The gut is composed of a whole host of microbes that affect your physiology and keep your body and brain functioning as they should. As studies tell us, and there's plenty of studies you can click on, these gut microbes affect the way you store fat, how you balance levels of glucose in your blood, and how you respond to hormones that make you feel hungry or satisfied, or sa satiated. <laughs> the wrong internal mix can set the stage for obesity and other health issues later in life. Scientists have also found that gut bacteria produce neurotransmitters that regulate your mood, including serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. Remember I mentioned this recently when I said that exercise was really good to prevent depression? Yes, GABA is the gamma aminobutyric acid. Yeah, <laughs> some are hard to pronounce, but it's really, really important and interesting. Okay, researchers have also discovered that a nervous system in your gut, known as the second brain, communicates with the brain in your head. It also plays a role in certain diseases in mental health. In other words, the wellness of both your body and your brain depend on your gut health. And uh, let me go to the interview, or let me just comment it. Basically, Dr. Zach Bush, who created this product called Restore, and it's all talking about how to eat dirt and eat ancient dirt at that. Very interesting. He says that basically what's happening on our brain the one we know as our gray matter is basically like the cpu it's like you know where the connections are but most of our brain function actually starts in the gut and let me find that for you so that i can be more specific it's just so interesting where did i put that <laughs> i think i put it away because i just had too many uh yes too many windows open and talk about that the most important thing that we can do in our lives is actually to be focused focused in whatever we're achieving and as i always tell you it's not something that you're necessarily born with you may have some adhd characteristics and some people may say that about you but it's really important that we don't let anyone 
tell us that we have to get medicated. The most important thing is to actually be in the flow, be in that focus, and actually really use our brain, okay? I talk about brain. <laughs> so Zach Bush, I'm gonna focus on this, and yes, it's the Neurohacker Gut Health Microbe, and it's kind of long, so I won't get into the whole interview that he had here, but there's something that I really love about this interview is that 90% of serotonin produced is in the gut lining, okay? Uh, the danger of Roundup, so yeah, we have to really um, look into that. And the amazing thing about this article on Neurohacker is that you can go minute by minute and really find out how to repopulate your gut, the limitations of prebiotics and probiotics, and basically what I was telling you about the brain that is one of the most important things for us to study, even as a biologist, I'm fascinated because obviously I didn't get to know this until recently, is that, yes, uh, by 2008, 09, because he says that we're probably about 20 years into this journey of gut health, and knowing about the second brain, we're starting to realize that there's so many neurologic connections, dendritic connections, neuroregulatory bodies in that gut environment, everything from your nasal sinuses all the way to your rectum. Uh, da -da 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 -da. And I'm reading over this because I really want to give you this curiosity that I have, I want to transfer it to you, and I'm going to give you the most important tips so that after this podcast, you already know what to do and basically to eat more greens, to eat more plant-based, to eat more fermented foods. But I also wanna make you curious about what's really going on. What he says, and now I'm quoting him on this interview, is, is the following. He says, Zach Bush, okay? We have to keep in mind this interesting reality that we give so much respect to this eight pounds of gray matter in our head, but in reality, it's completely useless junk. It's as if the CPU chip of your computer was the source of knowledge. Obviously, there's absolutely no knowledge in a CPU chip. CPU chip is just processing unit. It's just taking in information and moving it somewhere else. That's all your gray matter does in the brain. The gut, being your largest contact with your environment, is such an interesting place to think about thought, human consciousness, certainly mood, your sense of reserve in the day. And then he goes on to ask you about how you feel and the difference and your energy. But it's so, so interesting. I recommend that too. You just go to neurohacker.com and you look for Zach Bush as that um, interview. That's just so fascinating to me. But yeah, I'm gonna do it in a simpler way here about the gut bugs, okay? <laughs> That's how we call them here on the Food Revolution Network. How to get them. Positive bacteria are often called healthy gut bugs. Good gut bugs help your body digest and absorb nutrients, synthesize certain vitamins, and rally against intruders such as the flu and toxic forming carcinogens. Okay, in the wise words of David Perlmutter, MD, a healthy microbiome translates into a healthy human. Human. Yeah, some people say human. <laughs> so healthy microbiome translates into a healthy human. Yes. And uh, did I say synthesize? Then, oh, you see, when I start reading science, I, <laughs> I would need to probably rehearse and practice in order to do it perfect. But uh, you're seeing me uh, unpolished, okay? And that's good. That's 
that's good because I'm just practicing with you. And the most important thing right now is for me to give you this message with energy, enthusiasm, and this curiosity that we can never lose as Einstein recommends. So, how can you keep your digestive system feeling good and functioning optimally? What are the best foods for your gut health? Think fiber, fermentation, and nutrient-dense foods. Okay, I'm checking it for my microbiome, in this case, for my mic microphone. <laughs> okay, great. So, how the foods you eat help or hurt your gut? When it comes to maintaining your microbiome at its healthiest level, nothing is more important than when you eat and drink. The internal environment of your gut is dictated by what, what you put in your mouth. So the foods you choose to eat are a crucial component of maintaining gut health. The good news is even a lifetime of bad eating is fixable, at least as far as your microbes are concerned. Amazingly, your body can create a new microbiota in as little as 24 hours just by changing what you eat. Oh wow, I love that! Let me jump up and down. Woo! What you eat determines which bacteria thrive in your gut. And research tells us that the good gut bugs get stronger when fed colorful, plant-based foods. Yes, let's do this. Okay, let me have more of my smoothie with beets and so colorful. A 2014 study published in the Journal of the Proceedings of the Nutrition Society found that vegetables, grains, and beans fed a positive gut environment. But meat, junk food, dairy, and eggs fed a negative gut environment. Boom, there you go. Bye, enough said. <laughs> Let's continue with this article anyhow. Anyway, probiotics and prebiotics, two gut healthy compounds. These two terms, probiotics and prebiotics, are becoming more widely known, so you've probably heard them already. Probiotics are beneficial good gut bugs, <laughs> and prebiotics are food for these bacteria. You can get both probiotics and prebiotics by eating the right foods. Probiotics are found in fermented foods as well as in some supplements, and prebiotics are found in certain fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. The most central prebiotic of all is fiber. That's right. And here is the fabulousness of fiber, why it's critical for gut health. What beautiful pictures here on the Food Revolution Network. And you can get a free book, so go ahead, uh, go there and subscribe, I love it. While people tend to get up in arms about protein consumption, there's another nutrient that's more worrisome as far as the deficiency risk, and that's fiber. Approximately 97% of Americans get at least the recommended amount of protein, but only about 3% of Americans get the recommended 40 grams of fiber they need per day. And fiber is the most crucial ingredient for gut health. Hello, prebiotics, fiber. Fiber feeds the good bacteria we've been talking about, so it's vital to eat fiber-rich foods as often as possible. Our microbes extract the fiber's energy, nutrients, and vitamins, including short-chain fatty acids, which can improve immune function, decrease inflammation, and protect against obesity. And then, you know, I've many times told you about the soluble and the insoluble fiber. The soluble, soluble fiber helps lower the blood glucose levels and the LDL cholesterol, which is the bad one. You can find it in oatmeal, legumes, and some fruits and veggies. Insoluble fiber, on the other hand, offers more of a cleansing effect on your digestive environment. Find it in whole grains, kidney beans, and in fruits and veggies, too. Okay, let me take a break here, okay? Before we go on, let me just organize myself because it's almost 11 and I'd like to make this not too short, not too long. I want to 
to be like the first part of this and we're going to go over many things and at least weekly I would like to give you more information on what's going on because I don't want to talk to you about practical nutrition just in terms of okay you're going to eat these carbs, these proteins, these fats which are the macronutrients and the micronutrients, you got to eat these vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and phytonutrients, no. Let's do it in a holistic way. It's like what do I need to be healthy as a human, okay? And basically we just read what's most important for us. So let's finish here. Let me take a break. Let me take some water while I remind you of the importance of really being mindful, being aware of what we're eating, what we're drinking. Is it good for us? Is it plant-based? Is it full of fiber? Is it natural? Is it organic? That's so important because I just said ground up is one of the worst things that's affecting our gut. And yes, uh, Zach Bush explains it really well in that interview that I mentioned. And that would be maybe for another day because that's another issue and how this autism has grown in a vertical way, unfortunately, because of Roundup, basically, and how it has affected our gut. And yes, it's all related. Our neurologic conditions, autoimmune disorders are growing because of the pesticides we're adding to our foods. It's crazy. Okay, let me fill up some water. I'm in the kitchen right now. Let me fill up water, 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 water. Ah, what a day, what a week. I love it. I wish you the best. Make it awesome. Make it great. I'm not done, but while well, I drink my water, and yes, I have some lemon here in the fridge. Mm. So I got some of my lemon water with the lemon juice or lime juice and I also add some lemon peels to it so it's kind of mm, yummy and obviously you get more antioxidants from the peel also mm. okay guys thank you for <laughs> sharing with me thank you for being my company and my inspiration to do this in a very constructive and edifying way and especially that we can feed each other with information and especially with inspiration because this, the information is out there and that's something that I learned many years ago. It's like there's no need to be reciting information that's already on the websites here and there and yes you could have special links and special references so I want my podcast every day because it's almost daily to give you that energy, that positivity, that motivation, that inspiration to eat healthy, to walk, to move your body, to think positive, and yes, to do more research into your own uh, well-being, whatever that may be. Like, I'm extremely curious about this and I wish I could spend hours on it. But yeah, I decided that it's gonna be like an introduction to it and basically to open up that curiosity in you and that you can do your own research even of these amazing uh, links that I'm also going to mention so what I can do is let's see read you a little bit more of this food revolution article and then I'm going to mention some of the links so that you're curious and then you may go there yourself I have the Harvard link here stress in the sensitive gut I have the brain gut connection from the Hopkins Medicine Group, and I have so much more, like the NeuroHacker, and okay, so I'm like organizing myself, and at the same time, I'm sharing it with you, 
Okay, remember, if focus is not your thing, supposedly, guess what? Nobody has perfect focus now with the smartphones. I don't know anybody who actually has, like, ever not distracted. I don't know anybody like that. I know my dad was extremely focused and always in the flow, and I admire my dad for that. I don't know how he would be now with the smartphones. Things have changed. But the thing is that it doesn't matter what is going on around you as long as you focus on what is important to you. And I think our priority should always be our health, our wellness, our happiness, our joy, so that we can be our best for everything and everybody else. So let's continue. Ready, set, go. Fiber helps prevent, prevent one of the most common gut disorders, okay? It's called inflammation of the intestine diverticulitis. According to a 1998 study published in the Journal of Nutrition, eating insoluble fiber-rich foods has been found to reduce the risk of diverticulitis by an impressive 40%. Oh yeah, I remember using that statistic a long time ago. So, all the crop is getting your fill of fermented foods, okay, and that's super important. And how do you do it? Well, in a nutshell, bacteria or yeast is added to a particular food and they feed on the natural sugars. These microorganisms create lactic acid or alcohol, which helps prevent, and, uh, pre prevent any disease, but also preserve the food. And they also create probiotics and other beneficial compounds. Okay, so gut healthy fermented foods you might love, sauerkraut, I've made this. It's super easy. Okay, I gotta make more, and I have to have more fermented cabbage in my fridge. That's super important, okay? Uh, you can do tempeh, you could also make it if you want. It's based on soy. Kimchi is a spicy alternative to sauerkraut. Miso, it's like a Japanese bean paste that's also fermented. So you get the picture. And all this may even help prevent cancer, lower blood pressure, and kefir, I used to have that, but I don't recommend cow's milk. Not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, you can ferment any kind of, of almond milk, any kind of plant-based milk, you know, seed milk, coconut milk, anything you could basically ferment. And it's really important to eat pickled vegetables. So let's do some of that and go green for your gut. That's basically what this article says. And in a very recent study, 2017, in the Journal of Functional Foods, when mice ate broccoli with their regular diet, it improved their intestinal health. Okay, well things are changing now with mice and I have found out that there's more ethics involved in the experiments. Thank God, the universe and our universal and our infinite intelligence. That's really important. So those effects on the broccoli may also apply to the whole cruciferous family. So load up on cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, and cabbage. You can add them to stir fries, you can roast them, steam them, grate them, pile them up on your favorite salad. Asparagus is really good too. It's rich in prebiotics. I love this article, it's really good because it's so practical. So go ahead and go there if you want. And um, this unique fiber from Jerusalem artichoke, it says that it's one of the best foods for your gut health and rich in inulin. Mmm, interesting. A 2010 study published in the British Journal of Nutrition showed that the prebiotic effect of Jerusalem artichoke can increase the fecal bifidobacterium level and causes an increase in the level of lactobacillus. 
all the good stuff, okay? I, I used to even promote uh, these products a long time ago that had these uh, bifidobacterium and also the one that I couldn't pronounce it in the moment. That's the thing, that I have worked with that, but sometimes I, I stumble upon the words like lactobacillus and turococcus group. Okay. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. And flaxseed is a tiny but tremendous seed for your gut. I just had a lot of flaxseed in my smoothie. Awesome. Okay, this powerhouse seed creates the highest contents of lignans, antioxidants with potent anti-cancer properties of all foods used for human consumption. Flaxseed fuels your good gut flora. These seeds contain the soluble fiber and can help improve digestive regularity. That's for sure. Eat ground flaxseed sprinkled on smoothie bowls or salads. Since I have a Vitamix, I don't need to have it pre-milled, um, you know? So I, I don't have to have it ground. The um, machine does it all for me. So I just add the seeds directly and yes, but be sure to sh choose freshly ground or grind it yourself, which is what I do. Okay, so. And also the fruits are great, like bananas, fantastic, apples, and there's a bunch of studies here that are supporting this idea. Other foods that your gut will love is garlic, yay. There's an in vitro study in 2013 in food science and human wellness found that garlic actually, mm, what did it do? It boosted the creation of good gut microbes. Oh my God, I'm gonna have some of that <laughs> to summarize. Here are some of the best foods for your gut health. Fiber, think whole grains, beans, and legumes, and whole fruits and veggies. Fermented foods, sauerkraut, kimchi, tempeh, kimchi, miso, pickles, greens, dandelion greens, broccoli, asparagus, and seaweed, roughage, Jerusalem artichoke, jicama, and flaxseed, fruits, bananas, apples, and also garlic and gum arabic. About probiotics, okay, we're gonna have to Leave that for another day, but they don't always work, which is interesting. The vast majority of probiotic bacteria are active and effective in the lower portions of the GI or gastrointestinal tract. To get to there, though, these bacteria must survive your highly acidic stomach environment. So how can you keep those probiotics intact? Uh, <laughs> that's something very interesting. I would say that it's most important to eat the prebiotics, okay? As a biologist, of course, I always like to just say it's a theory, not a practice yet. And let's go to our other scientific references. Harvard Health Publishing, Harvard Medical School. Trusted advice for a healthier life. Stress in the sensitive gut. Okay, psychotherapy may help ease persistent gastrointestinal distress. What does that have to do with it? Well, let me just read you the part where it says that we have a second brain. Life-sustaining functions such as breathing, heartbeat, blood pressure, and body temperature are regulated through the autonomic nervous system. This complex network of nerves extends from the brain to all the major organs of the body and has two major divisions. The sympathetic nervous system triggers the fight or flight response. The parasympathetic nervous system calms the body down after the danger has passed. Both the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems interact with another, less well component of the autonomic nervous system, the enteric nervous system, which helps regulate the digestion. That is the second brain, because it relies on the same types of neurons and neurotransmitters that are found in the central nervous system, the brain and the spinal cord. 
So the brain-gut axis helps explain why researchers are interested in understanding how psychological or social stress might cause digestive problems. When a person becomes stressed enough to trigger the fight-or-flight response, for example, digestion slows or even stops so that the body can divert all of its internal energy to facing a perceived threat. In response to, le to less severe stress, such as public speaking, like now, <laughs> especially when uh, I have those big words, right? The digestive process may slow or be temporarily disrupted, causing abdominal pain and other symptoms of functional gastrointestinal disorders. So uh, there's psychotherapy for this, and I found this interesting because of the second brain part and the brain-gut axis, okay? So yeah, now you know the enteric nervous system uses neurotransmitters such as serotonin to communicate and interact with the central nervous system. That's the part of Harvard. Now, the brain-gut connection, according to Hopkins Medicine, um, let's see, uh, Johns Hopkins expert explains how what's going in your gut could be affecting your brain. If you've ever gone with your gut to make a decision or felt butterflies in your stomach when nervous, you're likely getting signals from an unexpected source, your second brain. Hidden in the walls of the digestive system, this brain in your gut is revolutionizing medicine's understanding of the links between digestion, mood, health, and even the way you think. Scientists call this little brain the enteric nervous system, okay, and it's not so little, so yeah, uh, this uh, reference is very congruent with the one I just read to you. What does your gut's brain control? I find that so interesting, okay? and it has treatment opportunities and so much to learn. I would say one of the most important things uh, according to what this article is uh, telling us is that um, for decades research and researchers and doctors thought that anxiety and depression contributed to these problems, but our studies and others show that it may also be the other way around. This is Pasrika, Jay Pasrika, director of the Johns Hopkins Center for Neurogastroenterology, whose research on the enteric nervous system has garnered international attention. Hmm, this is so cool. He says, the enteric nervous system doesn't seem capable of thought as we know it, but it communicates back and forth with our big brain with profound results. Hmm, so irritation in the gastrointestinal system may send signals to the central nervous system that trigger mood changes. Oh wow, so interesting. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. That's why I say love your body and listen to your body because yes, our moods are there in our gut. I still haven't found a perfect explanation of all this, so I will keep on doing research and finding the best things that I can read for you. Maybe you're training, maybe you are mindless, maybe you're in your kitchen preparing some yummy healthy food for yourself and your family. Maybe you're just um, listening to me because you might learn something from what I'm sharing with you. And I have these two pages that are so interesting. One is that, da 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 da, -da before leaving. It's 11 11 right now, which is beautiful because it's like the angels are here with us. If you believe in angels, 11 11 is one of the magical numbers. <laughs> okay, the health advantage of a vegan diet exploring the gut microbiota connection by Marian Glickbauer and Ming Xing Zhe. This was published online. Where was it published? This is the NCBI. That's incre incredible. It's like you don't have to go to the library anymore to get the most scientific papers. 
And um, in the abstract, it says that this review examines whether there is evidence that strict vegan diet confers health advantages beyond that of vegetarian diet or overall healthy eating. And let's see, what was this published? Uh, published online 2014. Okay, if I click on this, would I know exactly where it was published? Or was it published on nutrients? Yeah, nutrients, that's where it was published. Nutrients, I didn't know nutrients, huh? Well, you see, nutrients is a very scientific um, journal. Okay, so the vegan gut profile appears to be unique in several characteristics, including a reduced abundance of pathobionts, that's, those are the bad bacteria, the bad, uh, um, the gut microbes that are not so good for you, okay? Patho is all, the, you know, what's not healthy. Okay, so reduced abundance of pathobionts and a greater abundance of protective species, okay? That's something good. Okay, so are the health benefits of a vegan diet unique? And then I would like to go down after you have all these results and all the ways that, that we read papers as scientists, but I'm gonna make it simple for you and for myself too, is that vegan gut microbiota may be protective against anti-inflammatory, or um, I mean, meaning that it's gonna help you against or to prevent inflammatory diseases. Okay, and autoimmune diseases too, okay? So studies have noted a link between vegan diets and protection against autoimmune diseases. And it goes on to very, very in-depth research that is not the focus of this podcast, but wow, so interesting. I mean, if I had more time, I I would do more of this science too. Yeah, if I had more time, maybe later, okay? But in this moment and for the next three, six, nine, and even 12 months, I'm already committed to making this podcast successful as well as other things that I've talked to you about, my programs and everything else. So let me focus. The relationship between diet and the intestinal microbial profile appears to follow a continuum with vegans displaying a gut microbiota most distinct from that of omnivores. And yes, basically, uh, diet compliance means that you may be a vegetarian instead of that. So let's see what's most important for me to share from here. Huh, vegan diet, yeah. And what else does it say here? Oh, dietary intake of vegans. Wow, this is a really long article. It has like 20 pages or so. Let's see, what are the conclusions of this other article? It says, a review of the literature suggests that diet can modify the intestinal microbiome, which in turn has a profound impact on overall health. This impact can be beneficial or detrimental depending on the relative identity and abundance of constituent bacterial populations. A high-fat diet adversely reduces a mucinophila and lactobacillus, which are both associated with healthy metabolic states. You see, that's a good example of how dietary intervention might potentially be used to manage complex diseases such as obesity and diabetes. Furthermore, advances in microbiome research have suggested novel therapeutic possibilities for diseases that have traditionally been difficult to treat. For example, the fecal microbiota transplant has been used successfully to manage several different conditions including ulcerative colitis. Oh wow, this is so interesting. Could you imagine the transplants? (laughs) That is precision medicine. 
So, wow, the gut microbiome has been found to influence the response to cancer immunotherapy also. So amazing. And this article for you to know is also published on ncbi.nlm if you want. I have to start publishing the link, so if you're interested, it's basically the influence of diet on the gut microbiome and implications for human health. But now you know the summary, now you've got it. Go eat your carrots, your beets, your greens, your fruits, your organics, and you're gonna be feeling great. And I wanna leave you with a recommendation that is simple, is that always take your prebiotics in a natural way, because to me, that's what makes more sense. Looking at some of the science, and of course, we're gonna be looking at more and more as we go on with this podcast and mm, let me take a sip here you see if i eat my beans every day as i do then all the fiber the insoluble fiber the soluble fiber is all being like this what we call a sustrato it's going to be like yeah like the food that the bacteria the good bacteria feeds on that all the recommendations of fermented veggies, fermented and pickled foods is all you need to do. Maybe not because you could also buy some products here and there, but what I have read so far, and I have done a little bit of research, I can do more of course, like I said, I'm always wanting myself to do more, as you know. I like excellence, it's a path. It's not like, oh, I'm already excellent or I'm an expert, I don't believe in that. I have been expert or called that, called an authority here and there, but the truth is, we can never stop studying, we can never stop the research, we can never stop questioning. And is that really true and would that really help me? And also, trust your gut. How does that food feel in your body? I, I don't feel well anymore when I eat processed foods, let alone anything that's not vegan. I can't, it just does not good for my body. So I trust my body and my body says, more veggies, more fruits, more of this, more of that, and yes, I see these parchitas, these are passion fruits, and I see avocados, and I see my brown rice, and I see the beans, and I see so many awesome things, and my body says, yes, feed me all that, and the bananas, and how about pineapple? Let's find out if it's as good as apples. So, love you guys, thank you so much. So remember, be consistent, love your body, listen to your body, trust your gut, and absolutely be perseverant. And I would also like to invite you to my links below and become part of our community at Monica Fit and get on the waiting list at Fit90X and other links I may have for you like patreon.com slash Monica Fit. Make it an awesome day or night or whenever you're listening and thank you so much in advance for leaving a really great five-star review on iTunes. Yay, thank you. Hey guys, I wanted to add something to the podcast because I'm not sure if I included this. In any case, if I'm repeating it, that's okay too because it is fundamental to understand that the most important thing is to eat high-fiber foods, plant-based foods, all the ones that I listed that I read you from this amazing article. And I'm gonna tell you the author, which I had not read on the upper part, but then at the end I did see it, so I'm like, oh, I gotta recognize Hannah. Anyway, she says here, our microbes extract 
the fibers, energy, nutrients, and vitamins, including short-chain fatty acids, which can improve immune function, decrease inflammation, and protect against obesity. Okay? That's fundamental. And, yeah, thanks to Hana, Hana, Hana. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's crazy, I know. Uh, okay, don't tell anyone. I'm, I'm still up, but I'm just so excited. I have so many things to prepare for tomorrow. Ah, okay, anyway, Hannah Sentinac is the author. She's a freelance writer and journalist who covers vegan food, drink, health, pop culture, travel, and animal advocacy issues. She's written for Live Happy Magazine, the Specialty Food Association, Paste Magazine, MindBodyGreen.com, and numerous other publications and websites. Hannah is also the editor-in-chief of latestveganews.com, a publication dedicated to positive original news from the plant-based world. Oh, thanks for that. I didn't know it. Let me go there. Latest vegan news. Good idea. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, my friend who is listening right now. I really appreciate your attention. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you taking your time. You know, since I took, what, 30 minutes or more for this, can you take maybe a tenth okay just three minutes or maybe two minutes and just give me five stars on itunes i would really really love it and appreciate it and i'm thankful in advance for that and yeah thank you make it awesome and before i go the reason i wanted to read that to you again is because it's not a matter of buying a bunch of probiotics which may be the case and may be a cure in some cases but the most important thing that i understand even using my gut, my gut feeling, my intuition, my brain, my second brain, which might be my primary brain, as I was telling you about Zach Bush's uh, ideas, which are super interesting. Anyways, I just wanted to leave this food for thought for you and I. The idea is that the more prebiotics we eat, namely fiber, insoluble, insoluble, the more we're gonna be feeding the good bacteria. Isn't that the idea? Well, that makes sense. It's simple, ridiculously simple. Sometimes simple is not easy, but yes, we can do that. So the more fiber you eat, you're gonna have a great microbiome. Let's not complicate things too much. And now that we know about antibiotics and how they're ruining our intestinal microbiome, as well as the Roundup used in the pesticides, can you imagine? So, you know, in order to reverse that, even though we can probably not get the extinct species back. Okay, keep in mind it's two o'clock in the morning. Okay, I do need some rest, but you know, I'm just thinking. And I know tomorrow I'll think of it more clearly and maybe on our next podcast about microbiome. But the thing is that, you know, this basically defines our health. You wanna be healthy, you gotta keep your gut healthy. How do you keep your gut healthy? Keep the good, healthy bacteria. How do you keep the gut uh, healthy with 40 trillion good gut bugs? Precisely. What do you think? After everything that I read and I shared with you, don't you think it makes sense that it's just a matter of eating more whole foods that are, that are organic, plant-based? Organic means no pesticides, right? Um, hopefully you're not taking too many antibiotics. Some people take them even when they get the flu, which is a huge mistake because the flu is viral and you're taking an antibiotic, an antibacterial. So let's not take so many antibiotics, please, besides if the bacteria get resistant to them and it doesn't make any sense anymore. 
And yeah, we basically ruined our ecosystem. So it's like, okay, how are we gonna get it back? I don't have all the answers, but I'm definitely curious and I do wanna be a part of the solution and I do wanna be proactive in my own life. And I would just say, hey guys, really let's eat more natural, more close to the earth. Let's eat some soil, let's eat some dirt, especially if it's in our own home and we have the privilege of having a yard, a garden where we can produce our own food and wow <laughs> and that's a lot of pressure for some people like ah where am I going to get the time to do this but that would be the ideal thing for us right now because you know even the food we eat doesn't have as many nutrients as it used to because of the soil so wow <laughs> anyways just for you to think about and I just wanted to share these thoughts with you thank you again love you so much love and light kisses and hugs Mwah. Good night, good morning, whatever time, make it awesome. Love you, love, love.